Jesus, when he was being tempted in the wilderness, was approached by Satan. And Satan said, if you're the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I found that there are times where nothing can nourish my soul like God's word. And uh, I, I tell you what, I like to eat. Um, I like to eat pizza. Uh, Papa John's pizza. Yes, amen. Uh, and uh, there's something about being nourished by food. Some of you will say, well, that's not nourishing you. That's making you fat. Well, I, I'll, I'll leave that between you and Jesus. But... Uh, God's Word nourishes us in the way that we need to be nourished in our spirit. And we need that nourishment. There, there are things in God's Word that only God's Word can supply for our soul. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. One of the ways that God brings that abundant life is through the words of God. Paul's telling Timothy, look. There's going to be false teachers that are coming. That's what we talked about last week. He says, the way I want you to counteract that is through the word of God. And what I want you to see, Timothy, is as you preach and teach the word of God, they are going to be helped and you are going to be nourished. So that as Timothy ministers the word of God... He is helping them to be nourished and fed spiritually, but he's being fed. It's an amazing thing how God does that when you minister to others, how he feeds you. But this is what Timothy will experience. He says, Timothy, I want you to follow God's word. I want you to teach the people to follow God's word. I want you to apply God's word to the situations in your life because this is what will bring nourishment to your soul. And so we need to come to God's Word regularly in a quiet time with God, but also in the assembled group of God's people so that we can be nourished spiritually. The title of my message is Receiving Spiritual Nourishment. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 6. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching you have followed. But have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. For this reason we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Receiving spiritual nourishment. How do we do it? First of all, we need to share God's Word. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Why am I supposed to share God's Word? Well, we're all supposed to share God's Word because no matter who we are, we are the body of Christ. And we are to build up each other in the body of Christ. And so, have you ever had somebody share a scripture verse that, that blessed you or encouraged you? Isn't that a blessing? Uh, as God leads you, share scripture. Uh, I remember the first time I ever taught a Sunday school class, I was, in, I was 19 years old. 
I had the middle school boys Sunday school class. And I'm going to tell you something. They were less than excited about being taught God's word that early in the morning. Uh, But one thing I learned as I taught those middle school boys is that as I prepared those lessons for those boys, God spoke to me. God blessed me. God grew me. And I found that I was trying to help others grow. I was growing. Did you know that's one of the keys to the Christian life? As you minister, as you give your life away, God blesses you. Uh, I, I can remember going to uh, minister to a lady in my last church. She had had uh, a number of things going wrong with her. And um, this was the second leg that she'd had amputated. And I remember thinking, Lord, what in the world am I going to say to her? Uh, all this stuff's going on in her life. And, and so I went up there. And, you know, I'm, I'm going, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. But I haven't a clue what to say or what to do aside from pray for her. And, and I walked in the room and she said, you know what? She said, I'm thankful for this. I said, you're thankful for this. Why? She said, me and my sister have been estranged for over 40 years. And she said, through this situation and through my illness, my sister and I have made up. And she said, I would take it, do it all over again to have my relationship with my sister once again. And then we got to talking. One of the nurses had come in in the middle of the story. And she began to say, you know, I've seen a lot of things like that in the hospital. She says, as I've worked up here in the hospital, I've seen God take these things that are negative, And he's taken them and worked them for good. And boy, by the time I left that place, I thought I was going in there and it was going to be difficult. She blessed me. I, I was the one who got ministered to. Listen, that's the way it works. As you minister to somebody else, God ministers to you. As you share God's word. Uh, husbands, we're called to be spiritual leaders in our home. As you have your quiet time with God and God speaks to you about something, and then you then share that with your wife or share that with your kids Uh, how God's word is spoken to you, guess what? You can get blessed twice. I've seen that multiple times in my life. God blesses me, then I share it, I get blessed again. I share it with one of the kids, and then I share the other kid. I get blessed again, then I share it with Sherry, blessed again. And, And God can extend the blessing. As you share with others, God blesses you and nourishes you. That's what Paul's saying. Timothy, Timothy, as you minister the word of God, I'm going to tell you, I know you've got a lot of opposition, but I'm going to tell you something. God's going to nourish your spirit as you minister for him. And so Timothy was faithful to do that, and he shared God's word. You share God's word as God ministers to you, as you prepare for someone else, God will nourish you. Receiving spiritual nourishment, how do you do it? Share God's word. Secondly, value God's word. Value God's word. Look at what he says. Verse 6, if you point out these things to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching you have followed. The good teaching. Paul says, I have ministered in this word, Timothy, and I found that it's good. I value the word of God. Later on, as he's he's writing another letter to Timothy, he says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, and correction, and instruction 
that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul says there's a great, great value to the word of God. Uh, Solomon was, was speaking to his son and uh, he says, listen, son, value wisdom more than silver and understanding more than gold. He says there is a value in understanding God's wisdom. Uh, Moses, when he was speaking to the children of Israel, he says, he's, he's read them the law and he says, he says, listen, these are not idle words for you. They are your life. Jesus, when he was ministering, he said to the people, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This word is important. I remember I was, I was in an intermediate Greek class in college, and uh, one of the guys in the class was goofing off, as was often the case. And uh, our professor, I'll never forget what he did. He just stopped teaching right in the middle. He sat on his desk and he looked the guy straight in the eye and he said, if you were going to goof off and not take this seriously, he said, you find you another vocation. What we're doing here is we're studying the word of God. He said, this is critical. This is important. You pay attention. You give it your all or you do something else. And for about 15 minutes, buddy, he just laid it out there. And he said, listen, he said, there are souls that hang in the balance. People may go to heaven or go to hell based on what you say about the word of God. You better understand it. Value the word of God. That sunk down deep into my heart, and I've never forgotten it. I will never forget it. W.A. Criswell was talking about an old preacher who uh, was laying on his deathbed, and he said, son, Bring me a book. My son brought him a book. and He said, no, bring me the book. He said, that's just a book. Bring me the book. And he said, tell me the old, old story. I'm going to tell you something. There are times in life where there's not just any book that will do. There's only one book that will do, and that's the book. Value the book. You see, this isn't just the words of men. If, if it were, you know, I hear from time to time I hear people say, well, this was just a book written by men. Uh, different men in different places and so forth. And it's just written by men. No, it is written by men, but it is written by men who have been led, as, as uh, Peter says, carried on by the Holy Spirit. These are the words of God. Are they the words of men? Yes, but they're also the words of God. And as the word of God, have you ever thought, boy, I just wish I could sit down with this expert. Maybe you're into gardening. My wife has been had the gardening bug. I was uh, toiling and sweating last night, whacking with a three-pound hammer, uh, putting in those borders around her flower bed yesterday with David. And uh, I was earning my living by the toil of my brow and uh, but uh, uh, my wife has been in this gardening book so what's she been doing she's been flipping on her phone looking through all the websites about gardening trying to find information from the experts have you ever done anything like that 
Maybe you're wanting to build a house or you're wanting to fix something in your, in your house and you're looking and you're trying to find information about it. We have the God who spoke the universe into existence. We have the God who told the oceans how far they could go. We have the God who designed us and framed us, who wrote our DNA. And he has said, I want to speak to you. I want to reveal my truth to you. There is no other place we can find information like this except the word of God. Value the word of God. It will nourish your spirit. And you know, the attitude that you come to God's word with will, will oftentimes determine what you uh, receive. We go out, we're doing EE, we start EE again tomorrow night. And uh, one of the things I've noticed, we have several different kinds of responses when we go uh, and knock on people's doors, right? You have the people that will patiently listen to you. Sometimes you can tell they don't really want you there, but they're patiently listening. And, uh, and we share truth with them. Then we have people that just shut the door. They said, uh, no thank you, and they shut the door. And then we have people that listen eagerly. You know, tell me more. What's going on here? You know what I've found? The people that shut the door don't get much. Maybe a friendly smile. <laughs> uh, the people that listen patiently get some because the seed is being planted in their heart. The seed of the word is being planted in their heart. But those who listen eagerly, who come with the right attitude, sometimes they actually will come to faith in Christ. Or they will receive something uh, as, as a believer that will minister to them. The attitude is what makes the difference. That's why you need to value God's word. Because when you come to God's word with the right attitude, you will glean more. And your soul will be nourished in the way that God intended. So receiving spiritual nourishment, how do you receive it? Share God's word, value God's word. Thirdly, follow God's word. So important. He says this, good teaching you have followed. Literally, the, the Greek word is a compound word, and it has the idea of carefully following. In other words, Timothy, you didn't just say, oh, well, yeah, I know God's word says that, but I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in ministry. <laughs> no, you have taken God's word, and you have carefully followed lived it out in your life obedience is so important when we are disobedient to God we quench the spirit of God by the way if you don't yet know Christ the word of God will not speak to you because the, the things of God are spiritually discerned so you need a relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit living within so that you can have that but once you're a Christian you have a choice each day. Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. If you make that choice, what you will find is that God's word will speak to you on a whole different level. Sometimes Christians will rebel against God. They'll be going through a season of disobedience in their life, and they wonder why. My quiet time is so dry. That preacher, he, he, he never blesses me anymore. What's going on? 
Sometimes it's an issue of the heart. Following God's word frees up the Holy Spirit to then take God's word and apply it to your life and teach you what you need to know. Uh, and as you follow God's word, you'll be nourished. There's a nourishment. What did Jesus say? I've come to, that you might have life and have it abundantly. What's he saying? Follow me. Follow me. Peter, follow me. James and John, follow me. But he was really saying that to all of them. Now, they were following him as disciples, as close disciples. But these others, Jesus is calling to follow him as well. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Follow me. And as you do, you begin to enter into the abundant life that God intended for you. Have, has any of us made it yet? No. I've not made it. You've not made it. Uh, praise God. He's not finished with me yet. Amen. But I can make a choice each day. Lord, I surrender my life to you. I choose to follow you. And I ask you to give me strength and empowerment by your Holy Spirit to be obedient to you today. And as you learn to do that and you learn to walk in, this, in the spirit's energy, which I'm getting ready to talk about, um, you will have a new level of joy in your walk with God. Receiving spiritual nourishment. How do you do it? Share God's word, value God's word, follow God's word, apply God's word. Look at verse 7. I have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. This is what the false teachers were sharing. Rather, train yourself in godliness. Train yourself in godliness. What's he talking about there? Godliness is living a life that looks like Jesus. Train yourself how to do that. Well, it's one thing to have God's word. Have you ever thought to yourself, I'm going to obey God's word today, and you go out and you disobey it. And then you say, oh, next day, I'm going to work up my willpower today. I'm going to obey God's word. And then you blow it again. You say, okay, I'm pulling out the marine intensity. I am going to obey God's word. And you blow it again. Has anybody ever experienced that here this morning? I tell you what, I've experienced that. And you know what I found? Jesus, it's true what Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. You need a supernatural empowerment in your life from the Lord to be able to obey God in the way that he desires. To apply God's word to your life, to live it out in your life, you need something more than willpower, and that is the Holy Spirit of God living within you. And not only living within you, but being in control and living through you. Training yourself for godliness has to do with learning how to abide in Christ, how to walk in the Spirit. These things are, are your lifeline, spiritually speaking. If Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, do you know what that means? I can't do anything without him. So I, you say, well, you got a spiritual gift. doesn't matter. You say, well, God's given you abilities. doesn't matter. You say, well, you've been trained well. It doesn't matter. Without the Holy Spirit, without the empowerment of the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll be failures. 
in the spiritual life. So applying God's word to your life involves saying, Lord, I confess to you the sin that I've committed. That it restores your fellowship with God. And I ask you to fill me with your spirit. And I ask you to live through me. I surrender to you and I trust you. I ask you to live through me so that I can live that life. And then it involves when that temptation comes or when that struggle comes, saying, Lord, Holy Spirit, quicken me. Um, I was having a discussion. What does quicken mean? That's an old King James word. Uh, I just like the word, so I still use it. Um, but quicken basically means to fill with power, to strengthen, to empower for the task. And it's a word that's used in Romans 8 to describe what the Holy Spirit does for us when he comes alongside us as Christians and infuses us with power. Uh, I've shared with some of you, we've had a a water issue at our house, and we're getting a contractor to uh, fix that for us. But um, one of the things I discovered was we had this little pump that we were using to pump it out. Well, then the more houses they added, the worse the water problem got. And so last summer I realized I need to buy me a real pump. I need to buy me a man's pump. And so I went out and I bought me a gasoline-powered engine uh, pump. It pumps 158 gallons a minute. I mean, it makes the testosterone pump just thinking about it. And uh, we hooked that thing up, and I'm going to tell you something. It got the job done. It, it pumped out that water. But you know what I found? I couldn't keep track of that water and keep that water down where it needed to be without the help of another power. And once I engaged that other power, the problem was solved. So many of us try to fix our, our problems spiritually in our own strength when we need to engage another power. Bring the Holy Spirit alongside you. He can do it through you. Trust him to do it through you. And you'll be applying God's word. What will happen when you do that? You look at verse 8. It says godliness is beneficial in every way. In every way. Think about that for a minute. Godliness is beneficial in every way for this present life, for the life to come. This is the reason, Paul says, we labor and strive, verse 10. He says, the reason I'm working hard in God's word is because I realize if godliness takes place in your life, it's going to impact every other area of your life. I was reading Psalm 1 this morning in my quiet time, and it says, He causes his way to prosper in everything that he does. This is a person who is immersing themselves and longing after God's word. It ends up affecting every area of his life or her life, as the case may be. Godliness will impact your marriage. Godliness will impact the raising of your kids. Godliness will impact you at work. Godliness will impact you in your effectiveness in life. Godliness will impact your wisdom. Godliness will impact how effective you are in ministering to other people in the church. Every facet of your life will be affected by godliness. You see why what we do here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school, why it's so important? Because if you can get it, Everything else in life is affected and improved. 
Now, you say, well, what about Christians overseas getting persecuted? Well, I understand that. But can I tell you something? I believe if you're persecuted in the name of Jesus Christ, and they take away your house, and they take away your job, and they take away your family, if you have godliness, you're going to be much better equipped to deal with it. You're going to have the joy of the Lord in your heart and the sustaining power of his great hand, the nourishment that you need. Receiving spiritual nourishment, how do you do it? You share God's word, value God's word, follow God's word, and apply God's word. And as you do, it will make a difference. Christian, let's do this. Let's apply God's word to our lives. Lost person, if you don't yet know Christ, the first way you can apply God's word to your life or obey God's word is to listen to what God says. Jesus Christ died to take your sin upon himself and pay the price. He rose again, and he calls you to make a decision to surrender your life, to repent of your sin, and put your trust in Jesus to save you. If you'll do that, Scripture says, you'll be saved, and uh, you can begin this relationship with Christ. If you need to do that this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to do so here in just a moment. Uh, we're going to have a verse or, or more of invitation as the Spirit leads. And I want to just invite you to respond to what the Lord wants you to do. If you need to begin a relationship with Christ, I'll be here at the front. Maybe you're a Christian here and you say, you know, I've been taking God's word for granted. I've got it on the shelf, but the dust is covering it. I need to get it out, wipe the dust off, and get back in God's word. This altar is open. If you need prayer, I'd be happy to pray with you that you respond to what God wants you to do today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the amazing power your word has to change us. Thank you for the times, Lord, that I've been comforted by your word. I've been rebuked by your word. I've been corrected by your word. I've been sustained by your word. Thank you, Lord, for how you move in our lives through your amazing word. And Father, help us to value it. Help us to, to live it and obey it. Help us to apply it through the power of the Holy Spirit. But Father, whatever we do, help us not to neglect it. Help us to hear Moses' words. These words are your life.